Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, brought to you as always by Scott and Dan. How are you doing Dan this week? I'm very good, I'll tell you what, winter has hit hasn't it? It is getting colder. Yeah, it may be sunny outside but um, my little cottage has got cold very fast. We've brought the wood in, so it's good to see that the fire will be taking place. Yeah, just after this episode's recorded, so you know you can stay nice and cold. Yes, it. just during for this one, yeah. yeah. So last week's show, we interviewed a teammate of yours, we Zav. We did, yeah. Zav, yeah. And it's kind of opened our eyes up to the struggles of elite athletes right now. It's not just the the club swimming scene, which is struggling. Even elite swimmers are struggling to get their pool time. Well, Zaf's an elite swimmer. He's a top Welsh international swimmer, and he's swimming six times a week, yeah. which is you know not very good. No, not not what an elite swimmer needs to do. No, but he did make an interesting point that you could have been considered an elite swimmer when you were training in Cardiff, which is something I give you grief about, but maybe maybe I shouldn't. Well, it's funny how you need evidence for me to for you to believe what I say. But yes, at least that evidence is now out. Yeah, there. I mean, you killing me in training right now isn't yeah. enough, isn't enough proof. <laughs> yeah. So what we thought we'd do this week is I'm going to kind of interview Dan and explain to all the listeners at home what a typical day in the life of an elite swimmer would look like pre-COVID, obviously, or post-COVID. Not right now, because it's a very different situation. As a regular day, yes. Yeah, a regular yeah. day from, what, five in the morning till however late at night, what Dan would have gone through when he was training in the Olympic squad at Cardiff. Yes, I mean, it's very simple. I mean, a lot of people would probably guess what it was like. Well, but, don't, say, um, don't say that. We're trying to make sure people carry on listening. Well, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, we literally are going through, not hour by hour, not that for specific, but uh, we'll do Stages of the, the day. Don't go through the stages. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Okay, so kick things off then. What mm. time would you start in the morning? Because most club swimmers, if they are swimming in the morning, they have to fit it in before school. Yes. So they would probably get out of bed about half five, be in the pool for six. It depends is, which club you're swimming for. I mean, most swimming clubs um, would have to swim be in the water at six because that's the only available pool time. Okay. But of course, because I was at Cardiff, the pool is big enough. You've got the 10 lanes and it's 50 metre pool. We can actually have three or four lanes just for the swimming club. And then the other six were for the public swimmers. Okay. Know? Yeah, there's so, a massive complex. At so, Cardiff, yeah, that would it? help. And I think it would be the same at Swansea. It'd be the same at Bath, all the ITCs and stuff like that. Basically, if you've got a 50 metre pool... It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. A lot easier. So when you were swimming at Cardiff, what time would you have had to get up in the morning? So I was up at six to be in the water at seven. Okay, so a little bit more rest than lie in. Oh, that hour made a huge difference because when I was swimming at Gloucester, I was up at five to be in the water at six. So it almost felt like a lion every morning. I I guess it's like a mental reset, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. You're just like, seven, that's manageable. And then what was even nicer on the Saturday morning... Um, again, the same sort of layout with um, long course and the public swimming on the far side. We were in the water at eight. Oh, so it's a lot more so lines. So that flexibility of having a 50-meter pool. Oh, so much nicer. Yeah. So much nicer. And that that is what most elite swimmers will train in. They will train long course. Well, that's where if you get to that sort of level, you would be going to, like I said, places like Bath, Plymouth and all that sort yeah. of for the long course okay, and the and pool time. I know to get to the pool, you didn't have a car in Cardiff. You were cycling, weren't you? I was cycling. And, of course, Wales weather isn't always the nicest. <laughs> and, uh, but luckily for me, I was only five minutes away from the pool. So okay, it was it You're wasn't not the best bad. cyclist, are you? Not the best. No, I have been hit off once. <laughs> <laughs> very, very recently. Very recently, actually, in fact, yes. Okay, so you're on poolside at quarter to seven, around yeah, about? Yeah, Would like you that, be yeah. doing any... 
I don't know, pre-activation kind of exercises. We I know we talk about it a lot to prevent injury. Mm. When you're in the elite side of swimming, yep. is, the, is this essential before every session? Always. You weren't allowed in. You weren't really? allowed in a pool. Literally banned from getting in. Yeah. You so had if to you, do pre-pool. If you turned exercises. up 15 minutes late, you'd have to do 15 minutes of pre-pool yes, before correct. you got in. Yes, yeah. Oh, blimey. Yeah. So you... Yeah, I mean, Dave at Cardiff would have a go at us for being late, regardless. I've been actually, I've been five minutes late one time, and I wasn't allowed in the pool at all. You sent home? I was actually, yeah, sent home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so, bet you didn't do that again. Well, no, that's the thing, isn't it? So if you do it, you're not going to do the same mistake twice, would you? No, um, you'd hope not. So, yeah, so you do 50 minutes of pre-pool, and it could be a mixture of things. It could be arm swings, leg swings, um, activation like ground press-ups, all okay. that sort of stuff. Basically, get the blood flowing, because you haven't just woken up, haven't you? Yeah. Is there so, resistance bands thrown in there at all? Yeah, now and again, yeah, to get the shoulders going, definitely. Is yeah. that kind of if you were recovering from a little niggle or an injury, you'd start doing I more specific exercises? It depends what the session was, whatever Dave had in mind. So, for example, on a Friday morning, it was always quite a long-distance aerobic session. Mm. So it'd be a lot of front crawl, and he would definitely make us do shoulder rehab exercises before oh, that so session. When oh, so when you're doing that training before... It isn't get on with it yourself. It is written up, and you have to do those exercises. Uh, not so much. He's just he just sort of says from way back where he sat or something. Uh, he just says just make sure you do this exercise this size because, because we're, we're doing, doing this uh, oh, okay. today. That sort of thing, you know. Right. Okay. But there's and there's a majority the like the main exercises that you do. But he would always come in now and again saying make sure you do this day because we're doing this in the pool. So when you first joined the Cardiff Elite Squad from mm. Gloucester, were you taught these exercises to do on your first day or were you kind of said follow everyone else? Was it like an introduction period? Kind of. So I think with the, there's obviously more than one coach. Dave was the main coach. There's other coaches there. And so they would always help out. There's always other swimmers there to help out and stuff. But um, because I've obviously got a gym background anyway, mm. I understood all the exercises and I knew what I was doing anyway. It was just learning what the exercises were in what order. So you were slightly it. thrown in the deep end with it? I suppose so, yeah. Okay. Sink or swim, isn't it? But yeah, I guess you've got to a point where you're an elite swimmer now. You have to know these Well, yeah, these that's just that's just part of the, part of the job, expected. isn't it? Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, so the session itself, you've done your warm-up. Mm-hmm. How, how long is that session in the morning? Two hours? Um, usually, it's always two hours. Every session's two hours. However, okay. it depends what the session is. So we've had sessions where it's only been an hour and a half because there's no point doing that extra half an hour for the sake of doing meters. doesn't make a difference. And there's been times where we've been in for two and a half hours because we haven't got everything that we needed to get in. So, But average two hours. So it didn't time. matter if you your session overran? The, no. You wouldn't get kicked out by... No, there was always quite a, there was quite a good communication between the club and the leisure centre. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the morning sessions, what sort of sets would would you do, for example? Is that the hardest time of the day, the easiest time of the day? How would it work? For us at Cardiff, it was usually the hardest sessions. I think it's because of, let's say you go to a competition, usually the heat swims and the finals maybe are done in the mornings, aren't they? So you need to be able to swim fast in the morning. And so that's what you're training your body to do, Okay. to train hard in the morning. So we would always do, you heard about Zav with the 3100s. Yeah, go on, explain that set to me. Because I've said about, I said in that interview that I've heard about it before. Yeah. How does the 3100s work? What sort of time? Because you are you were a freestyle predominant squad. Uh, Kind of. I mean, we had a lot of IMers in there as well, actually. Okay. 
Um, but this was more of to test where you were fitness wise. Okay. Um, very really tough. Three k is uh, almost continuous as well. Yeah. So all it was is really simple. So it's just thirty one hundreds off one thirty or one forty, depending how we felt on and that day. And what time <laughs> did you need to hit? And Dep- for wait, me, wait, 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 wait. Depending on how you felt that day, not no, how the coach, coach felt. The coach. Oh, right. the, the coach is in say, charge of what like, turnaround time. Coach, is. I feel rubbish. I'll <laughs> just do one forty today. <laughs> no. no, I'm afraid it didn't work that way. No, just whatever day felt that particular day. Right. Okay. Um, and what sort of time are you aiming to hit? So for all the freestylers, we had to go sub minute for every single one, and usually, depending how nice Dave was feeling, um, if I went over a minute, or actually no, if I hit a minute or over, then we had to do another one at the end. Okay. So, so as most swimmers listening will know, under a minute for a hundred freestyle is pretty much a benchmark time for most club swimmers. Getting under, yeah, yeah, getting under that to get your PB under. Yes. Yeah. Under a minute is is good going. That's that's an achievement to be proud of. So now imagine doing that thirty times in a row with thirty seconds rest, yeah. and that's how hard an elite swimmer is training. Yeah. I but, mean, it was it was it was tough. That's the hardest session I've ever done. Sessions because we did it probably twice a week. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would do it on, I don't know. For example, always Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday. I don't know what it is with coaches, and Saturday mornings were always the killer session. Well, the thing with Cardiff was that um, Sunday was always off, so you train on Saturday, Uh, and then you go to the gym after, and then for the next, well, the rest of Saturday, so that half day, and then all of Sunday, you'd have off. Okay, so So you get a nice recovery. That's the recovery after. That's the reason why the sessions on Saturday were hard. So you're doing this twice a week, every week? Roughly, yeah. Again, it depends if you're tapering or not, but yeah. Blimey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough. Really tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So I I purposely put myself in another lane to the other freestylers, so I had a competition throughout each 30, each 100, sorry. Do you find that's how you train better when you're you're almost racing in, in session? Me personally, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I have to compete against someone because I'm, I'm very, I am, or? I am self-motivated. But it's better if I'm there doing the same thing with someone else. I, th- I think everyone on. understands that. If you yeah. go to a gym by yourself, it's much harder to motivate yourself. Yes, than exactly. Going with someone else because you just feel bad if you miss a rep or yeah, exactly. Like well, if you see, if you say your gym partner do something better than you, and you think. Oh no! I need I need to train hard. I need to match that or better, yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah, it spurs you on, and that's the way my brain works anyway. Okay, so morning sessions were always kind of the tester sessions. They were the tough ones, yes. Right, and then when it gets to the evening ones, they were more. They were definitely the more recovery sessions. Yes, so, we'll so get that's to where that. that's where the drills come in and stuff. But yes, we'll get to that. So after you've done that hard session, which let's let's face it, that is that is a tough set. Yes. How much of a cool down is there? Because when I was training, sometimes you just can't be bothered to cool down. Yeah. Um, but obviously, an elite swimmer is much older than your club, your average club swimmer, so they produce more lactic acid. So I'm yeah. guessing there's quite an allowance for a big cool down in there. Yeah. Well, so if the session is two hours, this is roughly speaking. Yeah. The the session would go as 45 minute warm up, and then a 45 minute main set, and then it's a half hour swim down at the end. That's okay. roughly how it would go give or take yeah. so you'd always have about half hour 20 20 30 minutes swim down at the end of which you've got to fit in at least a thousand meters really okay. ideally are you switching off during that half an hour or is it plodding along or is it it's definitely plodding but you don't want to you don't want to impact on your technique still that's still got to be quite good so okay. you know like um like a gloucester classic social kicking you could get away with it until dave noticed you're doing it and then he'd <laughs> shout at you and then you'd have to do something <laughs> have different to, have to get yeah, Okay. So, but yeah, and then after the the, uh, the the swim down or the cool down, you then get out, do a couple of stretches, and then uh, then you're done for that morning. Done for that morning, and leave the pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cycle back. 
for me. <laughs> Cycle back home <laughs> in the rain. And then <laughs> you got to eat. Eating, yes. Would, well, actually, would you have eaten before that session? Before, yes. Well, I always did. Yeah. So what what would you kind of have had before a morning session? I always used to have um, always like these cereal bars. Cereal bars and then orange juice. As you know, I'm a big orange juice fan. You are. <laughs> so Dan doesn't actually touch caffeine in the sense of coffee and tea. He, no, I've never had it. He goes for the sugar kick instead of Sh- natural yeah. orange juice, you know. Yes. So yeah. much better for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was orange juice, uh, cereal bars. And if I ran out of cereal bars, which was quite often, it was always just regular cereal. Okay. Um, but I didn't want to overload on the food too much because then stitch would happen and, you know. But at the same point, you don't want to go in empty. No, I would always, even if I didn't feel like eating, I would force feed myself to make sure. Yeah, that's the hardest some... thing to do first thing in the morning. Oh, terrible. Yeah. I but... remember getting up and suddenly it's, you'll start your session at six and you hit half seven. Yeah. And you're you're kind of halfway through the main set at that point yeah. and your and body is just shutting down. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm thinking about breakfast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was nicer at Cardiff because you start later. So you start at seven. So it's easier to get so food into you. It's a little bit easier. Yes. Yeah. So it's but... a bit more. Well, I guess you don't have school to worry about and stuff like that. So it is it is programmed around elite swimming, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So after you've done that main session, you've cycled home to Penarth. Up the hill. Up yep. the hill, yeah. Probably Lovely. in the rain. Yep. <laughs> As Wales. Yeah. What is your first meal of the day? Are you hitting Phelps's supposedly massive 10,000 calories or is it a bit more sensible? Uh, for me, it was all about getting the protein in. So I had a lot of eggs. I usually okay. had... Eggs on eggs and beans and toast. That's usually my go-to meal. Okay. Uh, I did have a little play around actually because um, I was there when you know Novak Djokovic, the tennis player. Yeah, you've talked to me about this. Yeah, yeah. He he tried to change his diet to go in gluten-free, and I thought oh, I'll have a little go because he was obviously invincible at that sort of time around the 2012, 2013 yeah. years. Uh, so I gave it a go, and I was keeping a, a log and a diary and everything. And it didn't work for me. Actually, my performances and training went down. So I went back to the standard egg, beans, and toast, and it went straight back up again. So, so. You, you just weren't getting enough calories in, basically. It just it just wasn't working for my body. It, okay. it worked for him, obviously, but it didn't work for me. And that's where keeping track of Well, there is a difference. Good. You were cooking for yourself, and he would have had a professional chef making sure, and a nutritionist and everything like that, making sure he's getting the same amount of calories in him. Yes, I mean, Whereas you were going off your own intuition. Yes, there's different levels of elite, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, then <laughs> yeah, there's, there's swimmer the, elite, the swimmer and elite, then... and then the elite elite, the best sportsmen in the world. So yes, I suppose there's differences. Yeah, yeah, you weren't made of money at the time. You weren't getting massively funded or anything like that. You didn't have nope. time to pay a nutritionist or pay a chef. No, I'd love that though, but no, no, <laughs> the luxuries of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after breakfast. What, yep. what happens next? Are you a bit of downtime? Is it relaxing, taking your mind away from swimming? It is relaxing. Depends what day. Because, of course, like you say, I was a bit strapped for, for money, of course. So I'd either have a part-time job teaching at the pool again. So I'd go back to the pool. Um, We've spoken about this before. Swimming does give you a very marketable skill. That oh, yeah, you, you can, can take earn it. money off it. You can take it anywhere in the world, yeah. By, by teaching. Yeah, so that was that would help me get my food in, basically. Yeah. So it would either be a part-time job, or if I didn't have work, I would then have a nap. A sleep. Yeah, sleep. so that rest is one of the most important parts, isn't it? It's the only way you recover. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. It's actually the only way you improve. You can do all the hard training in the pool, in the gym, but actually it's the recovery that it makes you improve. So it's something we've talked about on our training camp podcast. Yeah. Some swimmers' first experience of training camps, they're going to be locked in their rooms and told to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're younger, you're going to rebel against this and want to sneak out your room and play Xbox with your friends. Yes, yeah. But actually, when you hit the age of 16, you are going to realize 
you know what? I fancy asleep because I'm shattered. Do need the rest. Yeah. Do need the rest. I was roughly speaking, so I swam seven till nine, got home at ten, had breakfast, and then I would sleep for about two hours. Until it's roughly. time to feed you again. Until I eat again, yes. <laughs> so lunch is more protein? Lunch is more protein. So I had, what did I normally have? Like the tuna wraps. Again, lots you of still protein eat that and now. fish. I still have that now. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm stuck in this routine. <laughs> in I have routine, the same yeah. breakfast. Still have that. Still have the same lunch. It's just the dinners that you know vary. And you're not yeah. training as hard now. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So I'm amazed I haven't put on more weight, really. So the amount of calories I was time. burning in the There's pool. still time. Still time, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so your lunch wouldn't have been like a big heavy meal. It was still quite light at that point. You're not trying to pile the calories in? Uh, difficult because you know you're getting ready to do a gym session and a swim session after. Okay. Um. So as long as you've got the right protein in, I mean, I'd have additional stuff alongside the wraps. I'd have fruits as well as you know. Okay. To it's get all it's that just nutri- nutrition in minerals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sometimes you hear that some people recommend getting their big meal of the day in at lunchtime if you can. Yeah. But as you've still got training to come, that wasn't the way forward. Yeah. I mean, you'd have little snacks here and there. Like that's why I ran out of cereal bars because I was all snacking all the time. <laughs> um, so little pieces now and again, but as a normal day, it'd be the tuna wraps with the the fruit on the side. Yeah, it wasn't a big cooked meal. Not really. No. Okay. No. So you said you you eat because you knew gym was coming. Yeah. So this is the the part of training that most club swimmers wouldn't really be into right now. Partly because you're still growing. I wouldn't recommend going to the gym until you are. 18 otherwise you'll end up five or eight like me yes, you'll just exactly. stop growing and you've had stretch marks across your chest yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean i hit the gym way too fast way too hard <laughs> i was all in on it and yeah. i'm not paying the price now because i'm fine with it yeah but for most athlete. most club swimmers won't touch the gym until they're 18 or shouldn't and this is where the elite swimming really embraces it Yes, well, again, you only have to look at Adam Peaty, who is Andressel, of course, who is using the gym more than and the pool, pool it yeah. probably seems now, because you don't get that size from swimming lengths. No, you don't. So of, Otherwise, all, all the swimmers before in history would have been that size. Would have been they? massive, exactly. Because they, yes. it's not like swimmers now are doing more meters in the pool than they ever were. Yep. It's they're doing more weights than they ever were. And Adam Peaty is the size of a rugby player. He's a monster. He's yeah. a monster. And, and this that, is actually the bit where, because of the lack of experience in the gym or doing the gym I was a qualified gym instructor at the time obviously but because I wasn't using the gym as often this is what the bit where I struggled the most I think so when you first joined Cardiff mm. and you joined the elite squad there was people who had been doing this for two or three years yeah this is the part where you fell behind slightly yes it did take me a while to catch up well not yet I don't I'm not even sure I caught up in the end but I was always okay. tailing behind you know right, okay. the, the weights were always less than Zav for example he was he was always able to squat more than me he was always able to pull up more than me hmm. but of course he's six foot three six foot four I'm six foot which I think is normal for most people apart from you but in a <laughs> swimmer's life <laughs> uh, it's quite a, short for a swimmer yeah it is exactly yeah yeah and uh, I was relatively I suppose tall at Glossop, and then you go to Cardiff, and then there's you know, yeah, they're just the proper much swimmers. taller. Yeah. So, what sort of sessions were you doing in the gym, and how was the program looking? Was it supersets? Was it a lot of individual weight based programs? It varied. There was a lot of core, a lot, a lot of core. Lot of yeah, core. yeah, a lot of um, lateral movements. To, you know, like in freestyle rotation, you're always rolling side to so side. Mo- yeah, so, so moving the, the diagonals going across the body. So, so lots of, of exercises would that entail? Like wood choppers? Wood choppers, exactly. Yes. God, it's like we... Yeah, oh, amazing. It's, it's like I lived in a gym for It's a like bit. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a lot of wood choppers. We did, obviously, a lot of pull-ups. Uh, in fact, actually, most of the pull-ups we did were supersets from 
whatever exercise we did before, whether it was deadlifts or squats. Um, oh, so you'd get a squat done and then straight to pull-ups? Straight to pull-ups, oh, yeah. Okay. Not easy. And no, it wasn't no. just bodyweight squats. You'd have, you know, like, the belt you have on and then put 10K or 20K, however strong you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you try and do as many reps as you can. So a lot of it is reptile failure? For pull-ups, yes. Okay. Yeah. Squats, it was um, usually about 10 reps, I would say. At the time, I was doing 80, which is probably not a lot nowadays. That's not great. It's not great at all. Um, oh, there I, you go. I ended, up, I ended up getting to 100. Okay. So I did improve, obviously. But uh, but other people were doing, yeah, but 110 or 20. But technique keep it really Well, that's, keep yeah, in mind. exactly. Um, so I did try my first attempts at 100. I made it, but of course my arch was, le- uh, my back was leaning forward and my knees were caving in. So, yeah, that's the reason okay. why I went back down to, I think it was like 95, obviously, okay. or 90. So the elite squad at Cardiff, would you have had a designated what land training expert gym coach? Yeah, so of course, like Cardiff and Swansea are the two major Welsh clubs, and right. so there would be an overall Welsh um, gym instructor, I guess. Strength and condition. The Swim Wales, coach. yeah, yeah. And he would go to and from Cardiff and Swansea. So would he oversee every session, or would he just write you a program and expect you to train it? So we'd have some sort of program, yes, and he would keep tabs of what weights we've done, what exercises we've done, and he would, yeah, it depends on the day. He'd be, he'd be in Swansea one day, Cardiff the next day. Or we might get everyone at Swansea, everyone at Cardiff, you know. Making sure like that you're team. doing the right technique and yep, stuff yep, like that. Yep. So when he wasn't there, were you left to your own devices? Were you there with a partner? A so spot? we were there. We would do it by ourselves. But yes, we would always do it. So it wasn't just me. It would be how many would there be in the gym at the same time? Six. Okay. Something like that. So, of course, you'd then go into three pairs or three sets of two, you know, whatever. But you'd always help yourself. Three sets of two is three pairs, mate. Three pairs, yeah. So sorry. <laughs> It's cold in here, you know? <laughs> the brain's slowly shutting <laughs> yeah. off. Um, so the, the gym was a big part of your program then. And how long would you spend in there? Oh, roughly, again, it varied, but roughly an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Something like that. That is a big session. But it was a big session, but the, the, it'd be so much core at the end. So there's lots of TRXs in there as well. So you do, I can't remember what they're called now, where you bring your, your knees up to your stomach, that thing, jackknife. Yeah. Do a one. lot of them. Um, mountain crunches and yeah stuff like all that. that sort of stuff and so uh, i mean at least half an hour of it would be core at the end oh sit-ups okay. plank all that sort of stuff yeah which as a younger swimmer if any club swimmers are listening and hoping to go into the elite you can start looking at training core yes. a lot further in advance than i would recommend doing any sort of weight exercises yes i mean if you start doing shoulder press for example then you can it can affect your joints and your tendons and affect your growth effectively um, but with core, you can actually start that as early as 13, 14, mm. you know, just to get the movements going, get yeah. the feeling of the muscle tension. But um, but yeah, and uh, of course, the warm up was a big thing as well. You know, like you probably experienced this, you'd go to the gym and you'd go, go straight on the bench press. Yeah. And there'd be no warm up. There was always of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> there was always 20 minutes warm up. Always. Oh, okay. So that's um, why the session was an hour and a half. That's probably what it should be for most people if they did it properly. Well, if you look at it as like a swimming session, yeah, yeah, that's okay. what it normally would treat be. it like. A, yeah, that's a good way to go forward. Treat it like a swimming session. Yeah, well, that's probably the way yeah. PC does it. That's the way. Well, that's why most should elite swimmers just do it. Yes, exactly. So, what would come next after you have done this long gym session? Uh, stretching, always flexibility. That should always be part of the gym okay. session as well. They say longer muscles are stronger muscles, and it's you true. Live by that. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. Um, we also do plyometrics as well. I forgot to add that. Try and improve your your spring off the block or the turns oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah, um, but yes, flexibility is actually something that's completely underrated, and it should be 
again, I'm going to use Djokovic as an example. He's the most flexible person I think I've ever seen. Mm. You know, so um, yeah, longer muscles are stronger muscles, and of course, then if you're more flexible, you're able to recover quicker as well. Okay, and then from that gym and stretching session, mm. are you getting some downtime? Are you going back home, or are you jumping straight into? No, nope, that's it's then straight in the water. Okay, from what so I was doing anyway. It's obviously different for different places, but we so, went straight from gym, and then we had about 20 minutes before we were in the water. And is that 20 minutes your activation again? Kind of, yes. I mean, it was a little bit more lenient because we'd already done some stuff You're in the gym. You're already pretty warm. And but pretty you'd moving. still do some sort of movement, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So you said earlier the morning sessions are harder. I can kind of understand from just a fatigue sense as to why the evening sessions might be slightly easier, especially after doing all of that gym work. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's kind of common sense in the end, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, I can't imagine doing 3100s after squatting 100 kilograms. I'm like, no, no. No, you're all right, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, when you put it that way, it makes perfect sense, yeah. doesn't it? So and what so, sort of sessions were you doing in the evening? So there's a lot of drills, a lot of kick, actually. Um, cause there was kick IM. after doing squats? Well, you didn't do squats every gym session, okay. obviously, so I'm just going through yeah, different yeah, yeah. sessions that we did. Um, we'd have IM swimmers, so you do a lot of IM stuff in there as well. Um because being a freestyle, it's not always good to just do freestyle. No, you'll end time. up with um, injuries because you're doing a repetitive, repetitive motion, stuff. So you do need to do backstroke to get the arms going and to keep it more interesting. Do a bit of fly and breaststroke. As much as I didn't like doing fly <laughs> and breaststroke, but did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Again, two hours in the pool. Um, the meterage wouldn't really be as high. Um, so technique is but really technique, yeah, built yeah. in. Yeah, you only have to look at James Gibson. He does technique with all the elite swimmers at. Uh, yeah, Energy we Standard. actually asked him on his Instagram how often does he do these kind of drills that he posts on his Instagram? And yep. he's, it's one to two hours a, a day, isn't it? Yeah, it's every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to. Otherwise, if you don't, if you leave technique to the wayside, it's just only going to deteriorate, get worse. And uh, Yeah, there's only happen. such a level of aerobic capacity you can get to physically as a mm. human being. Yeah. And once you've got to that, you, you your technique's the place where yeah. you can improve the most. I mean, I don't know where the aerobic limit is, mind you, but... Um, but technique is always, I've always said since the very get-go, that technique is paramount and you need to, it needs to be done. It's like a broken record. It is. It's terrible. I'm going to stop repeating myself now. <laughs> okay, so you're done with your final session of the day. Mm-hmm. Is that again two hours or is that, like you said, a little bit less? Um, it varies. It usually went to two hours because um, there's you can only, well, you could do technique forever. It's, it's never going to be okay. perfect. So it does always go to two hours. And of course, then it's always short course. For oh, okay. evenings, for us anyway, because we'd, do, we'd start our session at four, and that's when swimming lessons go on for the leisure centre. See, that's a lot earlier than I was expecting. Mm. So, well, I mean, the club would have it through all the way through till eight, but the elite Funny. swimmers would go four till six, and then there'd be the younger swimmers six till eight. But of course, then the pool's broken up, you've got the booms in the middle, so you still have the eight la- the uh, ten lanes. There's tons of lanes in there. Oh, there's loads of lanes. Splitter. Yeah, so if you've got if you've got fifteen meter pool, there's two booms in the middle. So we'd be in the middle of the middle twenty five using four lanes or something, five lanes. Um then the other five lanes would be for the, the younger squad of mm. Cardiff, and then the either side would then be swimming lessons for oh, the swim school at Cardiff, you know? So that's the reason why it'd be short course. Okay. But um just to get as many swimmers into the pool as the swimming pool can cope with. The building's gotta make money still, yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's always it's never a bad thing doing short course because there's more turns, more chance to do the underwater stuff, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Okay, and then after the session again you're doing your post pool stretches, everything like Always that. stretches, yeah. I mean especially it's only, the end of the day as well, so you really are recovering. Yes, yeah. I mean it only it only takes five, ten minutes. I mean you can do it in a shower. 
it's really tedious, but the benefits you get from doing it is, uh, well, endless. You have to find a way to entertain yourself while you're doing it, don't you? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, sing in the shower, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Please don't do that. It was really. I didn't. I didn't sing. No. So then, are you finishing your day with, if, with your big meal of the day now? Are you finally getting? This is where I think the, the calories would come in. Okay. Like, um, there's endless meals I could list. So anything to do with chicken, lamb, beef, mince, you know, fajitas, anything. Fly. Yeah, fajitas. Actually, I love fajitas. You yeah, do. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean. You can have a few cheap meals now and again, have a pizza, have a curry, but majority is the bog standard of the meat, the veg, and then the potatoes. Not too much fast food, though. You're no, still no, no. To eat fairly clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's go- goes without saying, really. Yeah. And then to finish off the day, you're you're relaxing. What sort of time would you go to bed? Because that's actually a, a really important question. If you're getting up at six in the morning, mm. I know when I was training in the morning, I was being a stupid kid, staying on my phone till. 11, 12 at night. And what, get five hours sleep or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it does add up and you slowly, catch up you. slowly catch up on you. So yeah. as a, an elite swimmer, how sensible are you being about going to bed? Relatively, relatively. I think um, four till six was a swimming session. And then by the time I got home, let's just say half six, something along those lines. And by the time you've eaten, it's then half seven. You watch a bit of telly. And I always actually had more tuna wraps because I'd have... <laughs> I just love tuna just wraps. Keep yeah. <laughs> Kept eating, get the calories in, and then, I don't know, roughly half nine, ten. Okay. I was in bed by so slowly so switching Nothing off. stupid, yeah. Nothing stupid. You're not doing anything too strenuous when you get home and stuff no. like that. You are no. really just chilling out. Yeah. Um, so, overall, we did ten sessions in the pool, five sessions in the gym. Um, so, five of those sessions were in the morning. Swimming sessions, I mean. And then five sessions were in the evening. So, we had, we had what day was it? I think we had Thursday morning off. So Wednesday night was a little bit of more of a late one, if you like. Yeah. More able to chill out with friends and meet up. We yeah, always did poker. Social. Yeah. It's handy that Wednesday night is usually the university sports social night that. Yes. It's like yeah. they've taken that into account. We, uh, yes. <laughs> that was nice of them, actually. Very thoughtful. Yes. <laughs> we took advantage of that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You've got to let, let yourself blow off a bit of steam every now and again. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in essence, that is the day in the life of an elite swimmer, isn't it? Very simple. It's very much um, eat, sleep and train. That's and repeat. It. And repeat. So like, are there any other pieces of advice or tools that you would have used from going from your club swimming to your elite swimming, is there anything that you would pick up and recommend people do? Uh, one thing that I definitely did, I think I've said it earlier before, was, is do a food diary and a session diary, actually. I, I did. I took notes of everything that I did. And um, especially I was reading through it leading up to a competition okay. and then seeing how good I was training beforehand, um, then did the competition. And then depending how well I did, I would then evaluates what i did that's the reason why i changed my breakfast so when you say you're writing down a training diary mm. are you putting in what times you're hitting is that is that yeah. what you well, mean I, you're I not like just a... writing down the meters you're literally writing down the times you're hitting i normally wrote down the main session okay. so warm-up a lot of the time was almost like a choice warm-up for 45 minutes and then yeah. swim down was almost choice it's just the main session that counted so if you use 34 100s for example you would be the... writing in what times you're hitting yeah, I mean, obviously, wouldn't remember all 30, but I'll do an average of 39, 58, whatever it was. So then before a competition, you're looking back on this book and seeing how your, your 30, 100s are progressing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that wasn't the only test set. We did broken 200s. Um, we did uh, 750s, those sort of sessions, but it wasn't, it was, well, like the 750s or 6 100s off 
loads of rest, so it's a Anaerobic lactic tolerance. Set, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's very different from what I would consider a training log to be. Mm. To me, a training log is seeing how many meters you've done and that sort of thing, which is, I guess, the horrible mindset that I've been left with of club swimming where meters is key. Um. Yes. Well, we both experienced meters for the sake of meters. Yeah. And this is what I've learned. I've said earlier, didn't I? That um, sessions roughly were two hours, but if the session is completed after an hour and a half, that's it. You're out. There's no mm. point doing extra. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I've been on training camps where it is led by how many meters you get done rather yeah, than no. the times that you're hitting. No. No. Which... It's um. It's all based on intensity okay. now. Um. So I mean, anyone can swim. 6k in two hours as long as it's continuous that's no i in could terms try of, my best in terms of, of club swimmers you know and elite swimmers yeah that's easy anyone could do that but not many people could do 3100s holding 59. pretty much pretty much flat well, not, not flat out but you know strong yeah yeah so okay so that's a, that's a very interesting difference from my club background to your elite background yeah are there any other like major differences that you you could pull up on um, so probably one thing that I picked up on, cause I joined, uh, in 2012. So just after London yep. and obviously from a club point of view, we just did year long cycles and each year it'd be different. It'd be like, um, it'd be the same, sorry. But when it got to elite level, because you're doing a four year cycle aiming for the Olympics, the, Olympic cycle, yeah. the first year would be relatively easy ish. If that makes sense, building up aerobic again, doing the drills, and then each year would then suddenly get harder and harder. So you joined at the right time, really? I did, while uh, yes. It was, while yeah. it was on the easy part of the cycle. Yes, okay. I suppose so. <laughs> yes, and it was slowly still... build you into this elite program. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And it was still tough compared to club swimming. Yeah, yeah. no, I have no doubt about that. So that was um, that's the the one of the biggest thing, the training cycles, and of course, there's more pool time and gym time available. Like we said with the yeah, long it does, courses, it does sound like that. Like the elite swimmers have their own lane, and you can almost. I mean, the communication we, with the pool sounds really good as well. Yes, yeah. Our elite squad at Cardiff were, I think, there were twelve to fifteen people, roughly. So if you had four or five lanes, it's three people a lane, you got all the space in the world to do yeah. anything you want, really. So that was the nicest thing. Going from Gloucester, we had what eight people in a lane and a when twenty-five we went, meter pool as well. Yeah, even when we went long course training and you had ten people in a lane, that, that it always feels like a lot. Yes, yeah. And you're always... My mind wasn't always focused on the set. It was like, oh my God, is this person catching behind me? Is it, <laughs> yeah. How fast do I have to go here? Well, that's the thing. Because there's less people in, in the session, you can leave bigger gaps. So normally, what, you leave five second gaps or something like that. Yeah, this is a funny story. And um, in long course, you could leave 10 seconds. And of course, I was so used to having five second gaps between each summer. I had everyone have a go at me. All the swimmers <laughs> in the lane, the coach, like, could you go 10 seconds apart? Like, oh, Sorry. And of course, lesson learned. You don't do that ever again. <laughs> and um, yeah, ten seconds from now on. So you're almost. You, it it is almost like you're in your own little bubble as you're swimming along. You're not worrying about any other swimmers. You don't need to. You got all. You got loads of space. And of course, from a coaching point of view, um, you get so much more feedback as well because there's less people in the pool, less people to watch, and so um, overall, it's just better. Well, that is because you're in an elite program. But it then is the step up is you're it? training for the highest accolade i suppose you'd like so yeah so hopefully that gives everyone a good a good guide to how elite swimming is run because i know there's probably a lot of club swimmers listening a lot of parents listening who are they probably think their club swimming is as hard as it's ever gonna get it definitely steps up it's interesting because obviously when i stopped swimming at cardiff because of the appendicitis and then went back to gloucester to do some coaching um i then had the knowledge of all the sessions i used to do and i was looking back at some of the sessions gloucester were doing i think 
hmm, this is actually one of the recovery sessions that we used to do, and they considered it hard. So yeah, it's funny, funny it's to look back at. Up. Yeah, funny to look uh, back um, at. It's good to understand basically what what you have to do on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. I've always said experience trumps anything. Mm. So uh, if I can now pass my knowledge on to someone else, then happy days. Yeah. So hopefully people are listening to this and can take some advice away from it. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I always like to be a role model. Role models quite good. Ooh. Yeah. Damn the role model. Oh, That'd be nice. Hey, yeah. Propulsion swimming isn't quite that big yet. Not yet, yes. <laughs> maybe eventually. I'm, I'm not a role model for riding my bike. It's definitely <laughs> not. That's I'm swimming based. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, so that has been this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. I've enjoyed actually giving Dan an interview for once, basically. It was almost interview-based. We yeah. normally do this as a relaxed conversation, but yeah, I feel like... It was very formative. Yes, yeah. I've yeah. learned a lot. I hope all of you have learned a lot at home. Um, if you have enjoyed this podcast, why don't you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. That would always help us out. And if you have any questions you want to ask Dan, why don't you leave a comment either in uh, the section on YouTube or you can approach us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you feel comfortable, and Dan will reply. He has nothing better to do with his time. Well, I mean... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about COVID and a second lockdown. Let's not get into that. So, yes. No, we're staying away from that for this yeah. podcast. We're, we're staying positive and thinking about swimming as swimming. Yes, absolutely. Um, so please subscribe to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast and we will see you in seven days. And we'll catch you on the next one.